Esports and gaming are among the biggest entertainment industries in the world. In this edition of CoinGeek Conversations, we continue looking at gaming businesses powered by the Bitcoin SV blockchain. This week, we're hearing about Chronoverse, the gaming platform behind the skill-based fighting game Crypto Fights. For gamers, blockchain technology offers digital ownership and the chance to profit from trading in-game assets. My colleague Natalie Mason has been speaking to Chronoverse's chief architect, David Case, in the United States to find out how their platform will help game developers to build on-chain. You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Natalie Mason. I'm here with David Case to talk pioneering esports on blockchain. Nice and sunny where you are. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. It looks lovely. So could you give a brief explanation of uh, Chronoverse and CryptoFights and your involvement? I started out uh, right around the turn of 2017 to 2018. got really involved in blockchain, discovered my business partner, Adam. He was looking for someone to help build a game on Ethereum at the time. Um, and that's kind of how CryptoFights was born is at that point he was looking to create a create a game and i was looking to start building in blockchain and so crypto fights was born at that point and then as we've built and as we did a lot of research and development for two and a half years and we've gone through numerous different platforms and and chronoverse our company and it's also our platform that crypto fights is built on kind of came through that process of really trying to figure out um the best way to build crypto fights the game and to figure out what tools we needed and um, and then to be able to reuse those tools for other games. We'll see now. Great. I hope we can get into the nitty gritty of your learning experience, because I think that's so important for other developers who are all going to fall and take the same pitfalls to maybe learn from your experience, even on finding BSV and what this blockchain can do. Um, have you been a game developer before Crypto Fights? I have not, actually. Largely what I'm doing is, is running backend databases and caches and it's a lot of infrastructure stuff but infrastructure that's moved to the point where we're now on a blockchain which then opens up a lot of new tools why did you guys decide to build the game's networking layer on blockchain rather than traditional cloud services crypto kitties was a definitely an inspiration and i think probably early on it was like okay there's money to be made in this space because they made a lot of money in this space um and with just a very simple novel game and I think that probably started the inspiration of like, okay, there's, but like for my own interest, I mean, I just, I just fell in love with blockchain and I fell in love with kind of the whole, the whole concepts of, of having these immutable ledgers. And then as we started working through it, it's just that brings so much value to competitive gaming because th there isn't any, we're not relying on an authority of some company's database to tell you what happens. You actually, everyone can fully see everything that everyone has done. And it just makes it such that the game can almost live by itself. And we could, we could drop off the wayside and our creation keeps living as long as people are interacting with it. And as people, as long as people are still paying for it to, to do its processing, it keeps living forever. And so it's a, uh, it's very neat. That's really huge. And can we talk about how you've found BSV blockchain over the last couple of years? I mean, when I first got interested in blockchain development, I mean, Ethereum is just where you went if you were a developer. If you were interested in really developing projects, that's just where you started. Um, and then we went through just a whole bunch of R&D kind of in 
well, along with the Ethereum pipeline, looking at their plasma, their side chain things, their different ways of doing faster stuff that isn't on the main chain and then committing stuff to the main chain. And it's just, it got very, very complex. Um, and even when you added all sorts of complexity, it never quite got to the point that it actually solved all the issues that were needed to be solved. And so there was always some new fundamental development that needed to be done. So was it almost like you're, you're building on Ethereum and then it comes to a point where you hit like a roadblock where you just can't solve this problem or, or what's the issue? It's more like there are people who had worked on various solutions to various problems. And as you start working down their solutions, that got you just far enough where you had to do some, solve something else. And then you go down, maybe you get a solution to that. And it's, and it's like the whole proof of stake concept, which is where all the, or proof of authority, like all their side chain stuff doesn't have a central, it doesn't have a proof of work consensus mechanism. And so for whatever you can rely on the main chain, yeah, you can rely on certain consensus stuff, but that's very slow and very expensive. And then as you start building out these other things that kind of ride on top of it, well, then you end up having to kind of recreate the blockchain again. Yeah. And you're starting from scratch. Right. And so it just, it just doesn't work. But then the, so to, how we got to kind of BSV was really just the, the news around the, this BCH split, um, started drag garnering my attention. And before that, I mean, I was interested in BCH as like a, I mean, from what I, the little I knew about big, uh, Bitcoin, big blocks seemed to make a lot more sense. Um, not having SegWit seemed to make a lot more sense. But at the same time, I wasn't really, I mean, Bitcoin just wasn't a development platform. But as the kind of the publicity around that, that or publicity, I don't know, news around that fork happened, I started looking into Bitcoin and understanding Bitcoin more as kind of at kind of the raw fundamental levels and just realized that like in... In Ethereum, you have this this concept of every validator needs to process every transaction in the exact same order, which means essentially from a development standpoint, that means you're always single-threaded, which means basically one thing can only happen after another thing after another thing. Um, and Bitcoin's UTXO model, which took a long time for me to understand the value of it, essentially every coin, every everything that sits in your wallet is its own potential beginning to a new chain of processing. And so essentially, rather than being single-threaded, you can be as multi-threaded as there are different UTXOs in the database, which is huge. So you can process billions of things at a time concurrently, and, and it doesn't matter what order they come in. But at the same time, you do have the tools within those to build in your own ordering. So where ordering matters, you can say, I spend this UTXO, which becomes this new output, and I spend that output. And those things then are definitively in that order because you can't spend the second one until the first one was spent. And so you have the tools to do that, to do that um, very sequential processing. But with, if you don't explicitly do that, it's just massively multi-threaded, which means you can do the speed, the speed limitations are really gone. Wow. So, I mean, one of the things of course with BSV is the fact that it's got a fixed protocol. Um, so, so I think that's one of the main things that stuck out to me. What, what do you think when you first found BSV and the, understood the way it works and the tech side behind it? Yeah. I'm, um, so, I mean, most of what we're doing could at first have actually, like, as we were developing this process, we actually could have done much of it on BCH as well. But the, the main killer feature on BSV that kind of put it over the top was just opening up the opportune storage space. So instead of having 80 or 200 bytes of data in one transaction, we can now put 100,000 bytes of data, which just 
opens up that means we can put real useful information, not just like pointers to information that exists other places. And then, yeah, the, the fixed protocol aspect is, is also just huge because we, we do rely on a lot of the inner workings of the blockchain not changing. Um, and, and with BCH, you just never know. Um, I mean, they've changed it a number of times already. Who knows? So can you tell me then uh, what, what ways CryptoFights is actually using blockchain technology? Yeah. So, so CryptoFights, first, it's, uh, CryptoFights is a turn-based fighting game. So basically, a person takes a turn, and then your opponent takes a turn. And, and how we use the blockchain is essentially every move that every person does is actually recorded as a transaction on the blockchain. Um, and there is not really a central server where you take your turn and then we tell you what happened. It's more like you take your turn and it gets pushed to the blockchain and then everyone can actually read it off the blockchain to see what you did and to calculate what the outcome of that is. So all the rules, all the math, all everything actually exists historically on the blockchain. And every client that's playing is pulling that information to figure out how to interpret the rules that are the, the moves that are happening, and those moves themselves are getting um, written as as Bitcoin transactions, and so everyone can validate the signatures, everyone can validate the rules, everyone can play things through. I think you've hit on one of the main main big points here is almost like the integrity in gaming and making things fairer. Of course, there have been so many cheating scandals um, in the past. So is that that was one of your motivators then? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. I mean, our business model does not come from um, running this black box servers and keeping the source code to the game. All I mean, the source code to all the actual logic is completely open. Wow, so you mean that other game developers can see your process even? Yeah, yes. Um, the, actual, the actual logic and interpretation is it's out there for everyone to, not just to see, but actually if you're playing the game or if you're watching the game or if you're watching stats of the games, you're actually you're running that exact same code. And it's it's not encrypted, it's not encoded, it's just it's just out there. And um and so where our business model really focuses on one, creating the game that's gonna have an ecosystem around it that people want to be in our ecosystem and and want to play through the rule sets that we're putting out there because we're going to be launching or we're going to be rewarding different weapons and and different effects and and if you play through our servers and we give you those things we trust that you got those through going through those rules and so therefore i mean so it's like our business model is based on us making a good ecosystem that you want to be in and then also for us just running the processes so all the source code is out on chain but someone's got to actually run the processes that will react to i mean if two players want to get into a battle with each other we have servers that will watch for that to happen and then actually start the battle and then actually sign off that the battle is completed. And and that kind of like doing validation of what happens based on having servers that are up and running and watching what's going on in the blockchain. And that's amazing that it's accountability on that level down to the very moves that each player is making. Yeah, and, and not only that, but even for our own reputation, like everything that we're contributing is getting recorded on the blockchain in the same way and is interacting with the same rules. So if we were to ever decide to try and cheat for someone, I mean, we've essentially signed the transaction where we're proving that we cheated for someone, which is then means our, our the trust that people can have in us is goes down. And so and, and we're liable, obviously, because we're, it's provable that we that we did it. So. I know one of the areas is this idea of having a marketplace for people to buy and sell goods. We're actually prepping for an open beta right now. So within, uh, we're going to be announcing it 
by the end of the month when the date will be, but the date will be very soon after that. Um, and so, so we're still working on some of the exact details of what weapons get dropped, where and everything. But basically the idea is when you enter in a battle, uh, with another player and you're going through our system, there is some probability that you're going to get a new weapon dropped to you when you win. And so that weapon, I mean, there's, there's a built into those battles that you played. There is the probability of what weapons are going to get dropped and how often they're going to get dropped. So it might be that for some some battle, it might be there's a one-tenth of one percent chance that you get a really good weapon if you win the battle. So if that drops to you, that becomes essentially a token that you own. It's it's in your Bitcoin wallet. We don't have anything to do with it at that point other than it's, it's yours. Um, and it's pretty rare. So there's going to develop a marketplace around that so that people can actually list those and sell those to each other. How does that differ from marketplaces that already exist where gamers can do that, right? Because we have these marketplaces. What's different? Well, largely those get have gotten shut down a lot uh, when it comes to in traditional non-blockchain games, first of all. Um, lots of games that actually it, it quite often develops as a little side industry in that in that field. And then the game developer doesn't like that they're not getting a cut of that money. And so they shut it down. Um, and that's happened many, many times before. Um, so just being in the crypto space essentially means it's it's my item. And Chronoverse is going to have a marketplace where you can list those things and buy and sell those things. But if you can't, if even if you're not working within the Chronoverse marketplace, you can go. I mean, you can you can sell it yourself. You can give it to friends. You can. I mean, it's your property that you can do whatever you want with and so we can't really stop you from doing that see i like that because that's almost the huge difference here because of course you can purchase things whether it be on um apple game services and people do that without even batting an eyelid but you never actually own what you're buying yeah you're renting the they'll show a couple little pixels on the screen for you that you pay them to show you so another thing that i think is really exciting is um this idea of native cash tournaments happening inside the platform. Can we talk about that? Yeah. So we've got actually got a, a couple different phases of our roadmap on that. Um, so our first, as we go to open beta, um, cash really means Bitcoin SV. Um, and so every tournament that's out there, there's a, an entry fee and a reward. And, and essentially how we run the system is we're, we're an escrow service. So you, both players put in their certain entry fee. They play through the battle. The winner gonna, is going to get the reward, which is 80 to 90%. 90% is what we're shooting for. I, I don't know that we've actually finalized exact numbers on that. but So essentially 90% of those fees go to um, the winner. And then we use the remaining 10% to both pay for the actual Bitcoin transaction fees and as a to pay for our services to run everything. So that's our profit is, is that little slice. I mean, the one thing where, where we can't really rely natively on the blockchain is on timing. We're actually making commitments to these battles every turn that basically is, is setting a timestamp and we're signing that timestamp. So we're signing off on what time a player actually took an action. You mentioned there um, people obviously paying money to play games. What are you thinking in terms of the currency behind this? Right now, for our open beta, it's just going to be BSV. Um, our, our grand goal is that we're actually going to be, and we've built out, I want to say probably 60 to 70% of this in different pieces, but it's not all put together yet. Um, essentially having a U S dollar, I mean, it, 
I don't want to say stable coin because we're really, it doesn't have any value outside of our system. It's really a game token. This is something I was hoping that you could maybe explain. Maybe to me, I'm not sure viewers might know, but tokenomics. Yeah. So essentially, um, in, in, in crypto fights, you end up with different swords and your fighters. And these are all essentially just different Bitcoin outputs that have a certain history with them that defines what they are. Um, so we can do the exact same thing with a value token. So if you essentially swipe your credit card and give us 50 bucks, we'll give you a token that is worth $50 in our platform. Um, and then you can split that up just like that were $50 worth of Bitcoin. You can split that up in as many pieces as you want. You can use that however you want. But what about using that across different games that eventually will be on the Chronoverse platform? Yeah, yeah, totally. It's, it's a, I mean, it's very much... I mean, uh, most of the actual game consoles have had Microsoft points or Nintendo points. I don't know what they're all called, but the same mm -hmm. kind of concept that basically, yeah, you don't use, you don't bill your credit card every time you're making a purchase. You buy some number of points and those points is essentially, it is the accounting system. So in our case, our accounting system is the blockchain and you own the tokens. And so the whole accounting history can be fully tracked by just viewing the blockchain. Um, but that's also our accounting system. So then it, when you, if you have that $50 token and you play, I don't know, 100 games, and you end up with $150 worth of tokens, you can then just sell those to us and we'll give you the money back or we'll give you the money for that 150 So it's basically, we're, we're a cash-in, cash-out system for our in-game token. Um, and again, that's kind of, that's what's coming in the future. Right now, it's just BSV. And so we don't, we're not doing any of that transaction right now for the open beta, but we will be in the future for sure. Super, super exciting. So going back to actually what I said earlier on, like Ethereum is really easy for a developer to get their head around because it's just like writing any other software. It's just very limited and it's very slow, but at the same time, your software writing is the, is the same. With Bitcoin, it's more like you have a, just a variable tool set that brings a lot of really cool features with it, but you have to get out of your mindset of, okay, this is normal software development tooling to, no, this is a really flexible database and authentication and value transfer and like it just brings everything you want in like a networking stack and in a development platform all together in one like every transaction gives you so much value and so many different ways you can use it but from a developer standpoint it does take thinking a different way about how you would solve problems and so that is something that i mean over the last year and a half there's been tons more people starting to get that idea and starting to realize oh this is what i can do with this but i mean to this, to this i've been bitcoin is i've been bitcoin obsessed for a year and a half now and i'm still finding all sorts of new things and i'm sure even craig is still finding new things that you can new ways you can apply it's just it's a new type of tool set and you have to think about it very differently which is so exciting because this is literally the pioneers yeah. of the space it's it's yeah, mind-blowing to me. Uh, so, of course, a handful of gaming companies dominate the market. Why are these guys, or what would it take to get these guys interested to build on chain as well? One of the things about kind of the whole BSV ecosystem that's really reached out to me is the whole concept of proof of work, not just as how we run, not how the consensus mechanism works, but also as just a kind of talking on social media and getting mobs after people or whatever. It's like, forget all that. Yeah sit down, do work and show me what you can do. And that's where I'm really excited to kind of see what, as we start getting some actual real world examples out there and not, not talking about it, but showing it. Um, Absolutely. I think, I think that's going to help a lot. 
is there a crossover between game developers and blockchain developers and understanding how to work on the system? Um, I don't know that I can say that I've got a whole lot of insight into seeing a whole lot of crossover in those. A big part of kind of what I'm really trying to pull together and what the Chronoverse platform offers is a way that you can kind of write the blockchain stuff in just simple JavaScript that most developers understand and know and not really actually have to worry a whole lot about the blockchain side of things. And so um, there's this whole gaming wallet tooling that I'm building that's really about kind of building, um, kind of obfuscating all that blockchain stuff from the developer. Now there's still there's still the, the front end game design stuff. I mean, that can be built in Unity or Unreal Engine or like real gamer focused stuff. It's just what would normally be a server side thing that you would implement on a web server somewhere for and with on a database and how you communicate what happens together. That all gets kind of implemented as JavaScript and it that all that code lives on the blockchain. That the uh, as far as developers getting up on our platform and implementing, I mean it's a pretty simple it's it's basically if you know how to write JavaScript, you need to understand a couple things about how <laughs> states of objects change, but Pretty much, if you can write JavaScript, you can write their stuff. And then we built all ours on top of that because it's just, it's a really easy way for people to to learn how to implement um, in Bitcoin SV. A last question to wrap up, future forward thinking. What excites you about the next five years? Oh, gosh. Um, I think keeping specifically focused on um, the stuff that we're working on, what excites me is starting to get different models of people extending other people's games. So with crypto fights, we've got our set of uh, different attacks you can use and different skills that you've earned and different weapons. And I'm really interested to see those start getting integrated into someone else's concept of a game. Because, I mean, yes, we can do that with our games. We can build other games that, that interact. But to see people really kind of take off the the game modding uh, concept and really bring that so that totally. these things aren't just like, okay, I'm running this mod of this game, but no, we're collectively in the world. There's multiple versions of this that exist. Um, and then uh, as weird as it sounds, like some of the turmoil in the world right now really makes me feel like the world is primed to take the next step into this. I don't know. Like there's sometimes when following the news and stuff, I get, I get fairly discouraged, but at the same time, I also get fairly motivated because although I'm building a video game and it's not, it's not like earth changing stuff at the same time, we are solving problems that are going to allow a whole new world of a lot of the problems we have of central mouthpieces and censorship and control that starts to be a lot different. And so I, I use when I start to get kind of freaked out that the world's burning, I also <laughs> kind of use that as inspiration to get back to work and to, to make something happen. So, Thank you so much for your time, David. It was amazing speaking to you. And, you know, we'll watch this space. It's really exciting. Nice talking to you, too. Lovely to meet you. Take care. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. That's all from me, Natalie Mason. Charles Miller will be back next week. But for this edition of CoinGeek Conversations, it's game over.